personally am into the ritual, I guess, yeah, of, course. of the exchange of the hard currency mm-hmm. in order for the favor that is to be performed. Right. I would like her to play along a bit more if she wants to get the full treatment. Yeah, you've created a system of, ex- of a transaction, and if she's not holding up her end of the bargain, then it, the whole thing loses structure. 100%, dude. And that's when a, the value of a good boy token <laughs> ceases to have meaning, and that's where we end up with hyperinflation of good boy. <laughs> Everybody's got good boys. They're raining good boys. Yeah. Wow, you know what you used to be able to get with a good boy? <laughs> Now you gotta have 500 good boys for one foot rub. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right, lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with that idea. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, yeah. Today is a day of days. <laughs> it's Oops the Podcast, folks. I'm Francis Ellis. That's Julio Galarati. That's my name. We are joined, as ever, by Ryan of Facts with Ryan, Facts with Ryan fame, <laughs> and our trusty wizard uh, in Chris Casso. <laughs> and we have a special guest today, sitting in live, our studio audience, one of one, Ladies and gentlemen, the founder of Hangobi, your favorite recovery beverage, comes in three forms. The calm, the essential, <laughs> the wake, all sorts of active ingredients that'll make you feel however you're trying to feel. Mm. Check it out in over 4 million stores. That's Conrad Oberbeck, folks. <laughs> Hangobi in the house. Thanks looking for being jacked, here. Looking ready to go. Yep. Love to see it. Now, Conrad uh, played lacrosse at Yale, if you don't mind me tooting your horn for a minute and won a national championship with wow. the bulldogs wow. bula bula uh <laughs> live to tell the tale it was the first uh national championship that had been won by an ivy league team in in men's lacrosse since probably princeton in the 90s or back in 18, early 2000s or back something like in that 1832 at a time when <laughs> there yeah, were no other schools at a yeah. time when <laughs> The Ivy League did really have did really have the lacrosse kind of on lockdown. They were they were the powerhouse conference. So how did lacrosse did the lacrosse culture just become less sophisticated over the next thirty years? I think uh, suddenly Hofstra is the best team in the country. This is what happened. This is what happened. You started getting schools like Duke and Johns Hopkins, who were really strong academic schools that could offer athletic scholarships ah. and the ivy league could not they're not Johns allowed hopkins to. has athletic scholarships i'm certain they do certain they do um virginia right these places um and yeah, and tough. where where before i guess i don't know i mean it was such an incentive to use lacrosse to gain admission to these yeah. highly difficult universities all of a sudden Duke and these places that were also very hard to get into said, "Well, you can get in, and Don't you come over we'll here, pay big fella. for it." Yeah, come on over here, pal. So come that on. kind of took away a, a big, a big draw that the the Ivy League had. Mm. Um, Makes sense, dude. But but it was really thrilling to see Conrad bring it back, and he was a a star on the team. Uh-huh. Went and good. played professionally for a bit there. Wow, pretty cool. That's pretty very, cool. Very cool. 
and and a, oh, did you play on the national team? Oh, you won the, a world championship with the Long Island Lizards. The Long Island Lizards. Yes. That's amazing, dude. The Lizards. Pretty cool. The old anyway, lizards. so that's our squad today. We're all thrilled to uh, to be here. Julio, um, <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, what's going on in your life? Uh, I got to tell you. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys like this shirt. So we decided to wear uh, floral shirts today, mm -hmm. uh, which has worked out nicely. I was going to wear mine before I got that directive. Really? Mm. so dude it's funny i have this pile of stuff that's being donated this shirt being one of the things and in fact yesterday we decided uh a friend of mine were taking our other friend to lunch for his birthday and we decided that we were going to surprise him by taking him to a strip club for lunch oh my god and wear <laughs> suits and look insane so i wore this shirt under my suit with absurd little glasses and a little necklace to the strip club they waved our cover dress up Dress up properly, and you will be admitted for free. You sure it wasn't because you were there at 11 a.m.? <laughs> it's possible that that you, was right. you, you really think they were like, oh, shit, we can't, we can't make these guys pay the $10 cover? <laughs> They'll definitely make up for it, these high-rolling ballers. Dude. <laughs> and we were watching, uh, you know, women dance while I enjoyed the Atlantic salmon with uh, asparagus, mm. something that's not, mm. probably not done regularly. Uh, and I hate to say it, but that's exactly what I would order if, <laughs> if I were there. Any carb? Uh, I think I like somebody didn't finish their flatbread pizza and I ate a pizza. <laughs> nice. um, Good. Good. And there was Trump was sort of on his way to the courthouse in the background. It was a very iconic scene. And my boy goes, dude, just remember this, dude. When people are like, where were you the day Trump turned himself in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was like, That's a good line. That's a good line. Uh, uh, but anyway, crazy to rock, get to rock this on multiple occasions. I might have to rethink sending it back. And, that's, a tr that's a troubling thing um, when you've set aside a purge pile and you spot something in it and you say, maybe I'll give that one more chance. And then you do wear it and you enjoy it. It makes you think you've made all the wrong choices, that there are other treasures within the purge pile mm. and you have no decent di discernibility about what deserves to go to goodwill dude totally this happened last week too i went to this place have you ever been to the players club by the way no so it's near the stand i walk by it all the time when i'm going there mm -hmm. and you have to wear a button-down shirt what is this place so it used to be a place where like okay by the way the the booth family I don't know if it's the Wilkes Booth family or the Booth family <laughs> owned this this establishment. It was like their townhouse before. Oh. I guess John Wilkes Booth was sort of the like Osama bin Laden of his family. Oh. You know what I mean? Like mm. a very reputable. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like a reputable family besides one extremely bad apple. You're no Booth. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. You're no Booth. <laughs> You're no Booth of mine. <laughs> so all these like famous actors used to belong to this place it was for actors and like on the wall, there's pictures of all the members, like even like Ernest Hemingway belonged, like yeah, sure. Humphrey Bogart, whatever. That whole list of like Hollywood royalty, blah, blah, blah. It's sort of, you know, unclear what the future of the club is. Like many things that were popping a hundred years ago, they're not quite as hip as they once were. Sure. But you still have to wear a button down. And apparently the initiation process, you just have to get bombed with the other members so that they can see that you're cool to hang oh. after you've drank a lot. Okay. Which is funny. So anyway... The only button out down that I had was in the purge pile. The only button down that I owned. And it's not this one. See, this is a short sleeve button down. I don't know if that would have been acceptable. It may have been. Uh, but it seemed it seemed a little aggressive to wear to like a place with a dress code. Yes, right. So anyway, I pulled the other button down. You only own one button down? <laughs> Besides like 
A shirt I wear with a tuxedo, yeah. I only want one. What about a suit? I got to figure it out. You're telling me (laughs) next wedding, it's anyone's guess? I'm going to have to buy new things. Why? Because I don't have them. Did you get rid of multiple (laughs) button downs in the purge pile? Over the years, I have. You know, like, what, what do you have against button downs? Nothing. I just don't have any. But why do you keep getting rid of them? I don't. I think I got rid of them at one point, and then I just never like reacquired them. And that like was, I had a few, got rid of them all. And that was because you realized you'd moved out of a phase in your life when you needed them more. No, I. I to be honest, I I told Hill Dog like when I hit a certain age, I'm gonna be the suit all the time guy potentially. What? You're gonna move that way? Not like tie suit guy, but just like guy who's willing to wear a suit at all times guy. That's that's not the direction I'm going in. I don't ever want to have to go back to wearing a suit all the time. But my point was, I'm just, I'm not averse to button downs. I'm not making a statement. I just happen to not have any currently. Understood. <laughs> Understood. And I had a bunch and like, when I used to be like really skinny and I had a bunch of button downs then. I will probably never be that skinny again for a variety of reasons, including the fact I would argue it's a little too far in the direction of skinniness. Uh-huh. I was like looking in the mirror, like pinching the fat I could find skinny. It's a little bit of a problem, you know? Uh, w- w- what do you mean? Like, Why were you doing that? Because I had bought like some sort of dysmorphia situation. And you didn't like to be able to pinch any of it? No, I thought that like I needed to lose an additional like eight oh, pounds or heavens. something. When it like, I'd like stand up and be dizzy and be like, oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Damn, bro. 2015, dude, is a dark time for me. That's, yeah, okay. Anyway, whatever. Um... So I had some button downs then. They would never, they'll never fit me again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got rid of them all. And then, <laughs> I don't know. I just don't have, dude, I just don't have any. I got to get some. I only have one as well. Well, I mean, I had a time where I had to wear button downs to work every day. It was when I was working at the district attorney's office. And so I had a bunch then, you know. Did just, you only work there for like a week? Oh, no, I worked there for a year. Oh, really? Yeah, that was the whole... What was the week thing? Oh, that was law school. I, then I went to law school for four days. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Sorry. But the district attorney's office, uh, I'd wear a, a shirt and a tie and trousers and dress shoes. And I got a whole bunch of, you know, those non-iron dress shirts from Brooks Brothers or whatever. Oh, sick. And when I left that job and moved more into tutoring and comedy and realized that I had reached a point in my life where I, I would probably not have jobs that required me to wear button-down shirts and ties anymore i did shed a lot of my dressier clothes mm. but i made sure to keep some of the the hits you still have some of those oh sure nice. <gasps> oh sure you never know and also yeah that kind of stuff typically ages fairly well weddings mm-hmm. you gotta wear a shirt i'm surprised you <laughs> went full i didn't dude i didn't shed. i didn't realize i didn't have any button downs till she's like you have to wear a button down this is, a, this is a problem. I I haven't been like you know what I'm gonna be Hugh Hefner from now on. I'll never wear a button down again. I right. I, I don't mind wearing button downs. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. Well, very good then. <laughs> very good. Carry on. Yes. You know those clubs. Um, you talk about the sort of New York social clubs. There there are so many, and they're very historic. They've been around for a long time. There's the Knickerbocker. There's the um. Oh. New York Racket. New York whatever. Racket. There's Athletic the University Club. Club. And then there are, you know, Harvard Club, Yale Club, all these places. I'm sure Conrad's maybe a member of the Yale Club. 
Um, although, unfortunately, the Yale Club uh, can't, I, I guess, on their own membership, can't quite afford the upkeep of the place. So they have extended uh, membership opportunities to graduates from the University of Virginia, mm. as well as, I think, a couple other schools. Dartmouth, whereas the Harvard Club, you have to have gone yeah. to Harvard oh, and Harvard oh, alone. I hate to see that, dude. It's too bad. It is too bad. It is too bad because... What's Deke National? Uh, Deke. If any Deke member, any wow. person so who's in Deke, you, you was can, Deke only at a couple places? Like, is there Deke at Rutgers? I'm just wondering. Like, I, I would love that. I would love to see the Yale Club get muddied with state school trash. And, and yeah, just frat boys. I mean, <laughs> frat frat boys. The fact that they made it available to just if you, as long as you were in a frat, this frat, you fratty boy, you can join the Yale Club. That seems, dude. That's great. Just walking around, being like, "I got my bulldog right here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's play some flip cup on this historic table in the library. You freak. Oh, that tickles me, dude. Yeah, I it's really too bad. Uh, it is too bad. It's sad to see something be less than it once was. Yeah, you know uh, what I mean? a, a shadow of its former self. Reminds me of like a country club where like they insist on making the member picture look exactly the same every single year. Yeah, that. Like the boarding school photo. Or they've added a putt-putt mini golf in the back to bring in the summer <laughs> trash because they saw the revenue opportunity. And that's going to help them improve the facade on the new <laughs> library. The smell of dusty oak. Yeah. Hundreds oh. of years old. Dude, I've, apparently I heard that like the smell of old books is like a nice smell because apparently they used to bind them or whatever with a thing that would make you high if you were to sniff it in. Is that so? So there's still like a residual scent of it on books. Hmm. Uh, unless somebody was lying when they told me that. That's cool. But I like I that. I thought that was interesting. I like that. Well, I used to go to uh, with my grandfather to the Yale Club. He was a Yale grad. Um, he's rolling around in his grave right now yeah dude. yeah he is yeah <laughs> uh but he i used to go to he he was part of a french club a table and they had this it was my grandfather and you know five or six very senior octogenarians who would meet <laughs> on wednesdays for lunch and they would hire a french tutor to discuss things in french and he, he loved french and they would bring me because i speak french and I went a couple of times, um, and it was always kind of nice, a little chore-ish, mm. but uh, nice to spend that time with my grandfather. And also, my grandmother um, was a, you know, I think she was a, a major French Francophile herself, and or she is, and I, I always realized that as my French improved, so too did my stock as a grandchild. <laughs> that that the better my French and the more interest I had in French, the more the better my Christmas presents would be. The more candy, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sort of the better. Oh, like, really funny. You know, you want our Rangers tickets? Like whatever. Yeah. Um, oui, oui. We can't go. Grand yeah, mère. Yeah. Merci beaucoup. Uh, <laughs> uh, I do love the hockey. Um, so yeah, they're they're awesome. I was actually talking to your brother recently about his trip to France because I think we're gonna go in in the summer to the same place that. That he went uh, to Gord. Were you on that trip? You were? Uh, the old Gord trip. Yeah. Gord. Never forget it. Yeah. The old Gord Anyway, trip. I'll stop throwing to, to Conrad because he doesn't have a microphone. Um, <laughs> but, gee, gee what's, uh, you know. Dude, dude, all this talk is funny because it reminds me of a joke that I used to make. That I made once, actually, that just did not land. 
And have you ever had that? Like you have like an, I was like seeing a girl. Okay. And I had this ongoing joke that I would, I would joke around about the fact about where I went to school mm. and that, that made me a genius. Okay. And I would, and I'd be like, well, I went to Boston university. So I would say that all the time, okay. <laughs> yeah. which t- objectively dude can, in my mind, can no way be considered as me actually being serious. <laughs> no. I'm sorry to any of my fellow alums. Like, I know, oh, everyone loves me. It's getting even more and more respected. I'm like, dude, it's not fucking any of the, any school that we've mentioned so far in this conversation, it's not that level and it's not going to be probably. <laughs> Shout out to Hans right now who'd be like, well, technically in the, the London, in the LSE rankings, the engineering school is number six in the world. I'm uh-huh. like, dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> um, so anyway, that was my joke, right? I'd be like, mm-hmm. I went to Boston University. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And one day she's like, listen, I know like you think you're so cool because you went to Boston University, but you like, you need to stop. It's really, <laughs> it's really arrogant. It's really arrogant and obnoxious. Uh-huh. And I was like, are you serious? Like, I'm not being serious about that. Like, right, right. In what world? And I'm like, did I just like miss the point there? And I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> Right, that's pretty good. You put her in her place. That's. (laughs) But have you ever had that? Like you thought that something was obviously a gag, and people got really mad at you. Uh, for me, it was usually that I was hammering a joke to death, and people just got sick of it. They're like, okay, yeah, (laughs) yeah, dude. I used to listen to stand up on Napster all the time. That that was what I listened. Who was your go to? Eddie Murphy, man. Yeah, Mm. I used to listen to Eddie Murphy at night. Going to bed, uh, I, you know, I knew his act front to back, and I would go to school and quote it. Um, you know, I remember quoting his bit about Michael Jackson and how much everyone liked him. Uh, that Michael's a special kind of guy. He's special. I mean, it's good, clean, and wholesome. Because uh, he, he would imitate how white people talked about Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I used to just say that over and over and over until finally I remember someone being like, dude, we don't we don't want to hear that anymore. So did you always dream of being a comedian? People ask me that. I don't think consciously that I did. I think I just loved it. I loved it more than music. And uh, maybe unknowingly I was setting myself up to, to finally place myself on stage. Mm-hmm in my mind but i that didn't really occur that didn't really start happening until i read steve martin's book interesting born standing up which was in college i think that was probably in high school to Mm. be honest and then i got into it might have been college but i didn't start thinking about actually trying it until my junior year of college Mm. cool this summer yeah like i for me like i would see like i'd be flipping through the channels and nothing else to do and I'd be, I'd see like stand up and I'd watch it, but I like wouldn't know who the person was mm-hmm. type of thing. I'd be like, oh, that's that guy. I even recall like Bill, like early Bill Burr being one of those people. Yeah. Like, oh, this guy's great. Oh, this guy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. But right. it wasn't like, I didn't know who anybody was. Uh, and I don't think that I knew that I wanted to. I, I used to, that was from Lewis Black was like that for me. I used mm-hmm. to watch a lot of him on Comedy Central stuff. Just, mm-hmm. I would see him all the time and thought he was hysterical. Um, he had a joke that was, if if it weren't for my horse, I would never have spent that year in college. <laughs> was something that he overheard and he never got an explanation for what that person meant. And it drove him <laughs> insane. And he got really angry about it. And it was just so funny to me. Um, 
It's a good bet. Cheers to another Cheers. round of Hangobi with the boys. We got our man Conrad Oberbeck in the house. Face founder of the and face of the company. What's your favorite of the three? Honestly, I kind of do a, a I kind of have one each part of the day. Oh wow, you have three. So you I'm, drink I'm a three balanced each? drinker. It's, wow. a, it's a, people hate that answer. You know, they're looking they're looking yeah, for a little juicy, a little gossip to, to crap on the other two choices. But yeah. um, it's really wake in the morning, get going, kind of that skip the coffee vibe. Essential, great for digestion. Mm. So you have like a sub for lunch if you want to you want to get after it. <laughs> totally neutralizes the the afternoon. So maybe I should be bringing that to Afghanistan <laughs> to prevent oh yeah, yeah, poisoning. Yeah. If you're if you're yeah. like yeah. like IBS, you're about bowel syndrome. Oh, taken away. Yeah. Total, totally neutralized. Phenomenal. Yeah. And then uh, and then calm right before bed. So it's just uh, you just you run through the cycle. If you're choking down a foot long at two p.m. <laughs> Make sure you got that essential to help you. Especially yeah. if it's Subway. Grease the wheels, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just swallowing a sword of bread. We're in, coming up on year two, launched last March. So very excited to finally get that first year under the books. Oh, yeah. Okay, survived. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that first year was really about building in New York, building the online presence. Grew to about 220 stores in New York. Really oh, exciting. Sick. And then now expanding nationally. So Hell unlocked yeah. about four different national distributors and... Hopefully, seeing the store count grow to seven fifty to a thousand. Dude, the next let's, couple fucking months. let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. And then get let's into some big chains. Yeah, so yeah. let's fucking we're, go. We're, we're eyeing down some big wins, but uh, mm. excited to uh, really take it to the next level after go, kind of bro. seeing people love it in New York. All, all thanks to yeah. you guys too. Yeah. Yeah. You, got, you guys are feeling that buzz. Which is yeah. what it's all about. You guys heard it here straight from the stallion's mouth. Uh, <laughs> let's get it worldwide. And then Francis and I are going to buy yachts. Yeah. With our Hangobi <laughs> earnings, so. sponsored by Hangobi. Sponsored by Hangobi. Guys, right now you can find Hangobi in over 200 stores in New York. It's absolutely delicious. The calm, the wake, the essential, whatever you're feeling for your need for that point of the day. Mix it up. Mix and match. You know, treat yourself. Uh, this is the face of, of success and health and beauty. Our, our dear f- founder, Conrad. Um, go to hangobi.com. Use promo code oops, I'm hung, no apostrophe in the I'm. And you will get 30% off of your order today. Hangobi.com. Oops, I'm hung. Dude, I, uh, I, you know what I was thinking about uh, today? Because someone recently in, in the office here asked another person, and I won't out them, but someone said, do you keep a list of all the girls that you've hooked up with? Mm-hmm. And uh, he, the other guy said yes, that he did. And... Uh, it occurred to me that when I was in a, when I was a, I must have been a sophomore in high school, um, a, my English teacher, Mrs. Johansson, sat me down during a study hall at, in the cafeteria and said, Francis, I've been her- hearing that you keep lists of the girls that you're having like relations with. You were having sex that No. Oh. No. His relations, does, does that Making not have to out mean? or like... Yeah, Ryan, can we get a definition of rela- sexual relations or just relations? Making out, you know, touching the pee over the underwear. I think... Uh, Clinton, get the urban I think Clinton famously yeah. said, I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss mm-hmm. Lewinsky. Right. Which is, would would prove your point because... That he means he's only applying it to intercourse. Dude, I stole the Middletown Press out of somebody's mailbox because my parents threw out the Kenneth Starr report that came in our newspaper so that I couldn't read it. 
So I biked around the neighborhood, found it, got the fucking cliff notes yeah. on it. Good luck, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gallerati, hiding <laughs> that story from your son. That was Dude, a big one. We had dial. I don't. I we may not have had internet yet. And when we got it, finally, it was the dial-up. I don't think we had fast internet until I was a senior Dude, in high school. Dude, I didn't get the details, and I didn't understand that story until weeks in. I was in a warm-up line on my travel soccer team, and this kid from Brunswick was like, yeah, he got a blowjob. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and then he explained it, and I was like, there's no way. People don't do that. <laughs> That's not possible. Because, you know, I was probably nine, ten <laughs> when it when it came out. Maybe younger. I didn't know what that was. I don't yeah. know. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. G over here. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I just realized I still don't know what happened. I'm realizing now. I read the story <laughs> and I still don't. I heard you say that. I was unaware of that. I you thought, didn't know Clinton really? got a blowjob from him? I thought he was using a cigar as some sort of phallic instrument. I think he and, was to, with that as well. And or... then put it in his mouth and was like, that tastes good or something. I, I was... <laughs> <laughs> Did that happen? Did that happen? Am I there making... was a cigar. There was famously some sort of... <laughs> cigar. Oh, man. So they blow... Do they have sex with each other? Allegedly? Uh, no, according to him, no. They never had sex. Which is why he, on on under oath, said I did not have sexual relations uh, with that yeah. woman. And that was the major piece upon which his impeachment swung mm. was that did he lie under oath to Congress? Mm. Uh, and in his mind, he didn't because he was saying I didn't have intercourse. But mm. they thought, I think that it was they thought that that should apply to oral sex, which mm -hmm. he did receive. Imagine the social media debate if that was going on today. I know, dude. I know it's crazy. To I know about. relations means sexual intercourse. Oh, but I'm sure she was being more timid with her. Well, I wonder. Maybe, maybe then I have her. What she said to me wrong, Miss Johansson. But uh, <laughs> dude, fact, she said that to me as a teacher, mm -hmm. and she was like, "I just don't want you to go down this bad path of becoming <laughs> like the hockey players because mm. I think you're." And I was like, "Wait a second, is this really for you to talk to me about?" You you were able to like have that. I don't think I there? said that. I was scared yeah and, but she was a teacher that i really liked and admired and i was you know dominating the class so uh yeah i mean i was like i was straight <laughs> a, a english was my best subject yeah and so it i think she was trying to you know clutch me from this free fall into frat boy uh, yeah. misbehavior dude francis the star english student like <laughs> descriptively writing about his things he's like my semen poured down like soft raindrops. <laughs> <laughs> a dribble of viscous glue <laughs> that remained as a residue upon her upper lip. <laughs> I wonder, dare I wipe that from her? On her upper lip. So, dude, um, my but she, really quick, she she said that to me, and I remember it was sort of a wake up call. Because I think I was, maybe I had some kind of a list. Because someone else was like, dude, you got to keep a kills list. <laughs> so they called it. Fucking lunatic. You got to keep a kills list. And I think I did put together some list of like, okay, I made out with this person. Maybe I, you know, made out with this, put my arm around this girl at the movies. I don't know. What Mrs. Johansson needs to realize is as time goes on, you want to remember these exciting 
victories. Yeah. And you're going to forget about all of them if you don't have that list. Well, from that day forward, I I deleted the list and I never kept one again. But I would hear about people and friends that I knew who did. And I always thought, how dare they? They need to see Mrs. Johansson (laughs) who can talk them away from this bad behavior. But then you start learning that women keep lists, too. Lots of women. And then I had a friend, a comedian friend, who I once said, asked me if I did. And I was like, no, I've, I've, I've been taught that that is very, uh, I guess, chauvinistic or whatever. It's it's like quantifying and, and, and itemizing women, which you shouldn't do. And he was like, well, that's not why I do it. He, I said, why do you do it? And he goes, because if I've slept with 55 women, which I think was his number or something, and he goes, and woman... uh." number 50 calls me and says that she has chlamydia then i only have to call five other women to let them know that's a cop i thought that was a great answer how quickly did he run up this 55 it would be like like you know number 50 is is presumably a little while ago it's very easy to find out you don't need to go to the books for that one dude It's just the last person. Um, you know what I mean, yeah, but but maybe it's not though. What if it's five people ago, and yeah. then and then you're glad, and you don't think, oh shoot, where were they in the scheme of my sexual endeavors? Where you know, and then you and then you don't have to call number forty nine by accident and say, hey, you might want to get tested. Someone I slept with just told me they had chlamydia, and be embarrass yourself. He's at number fifty five now. In what world is he calling number 49? Unless, like I said, he's been on a rampage. If 50 calls him and says, I have it, I think I might have gotten it from you. Okay. And then he says, oh, shoot. Uh, And he's not keeping the list. And maybe 49 and 50 were in the same weekend. Maybe, you know what I mean? How is he not? How does he not remember who 49 is, is my only point. Why would he have to look at the list to remember who 49 was? If it happened in that close of proximity and you don't remember who all the other people are, you have like a disorder, like a memory disorder and should get checked out. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I, maybe. I, I think that, um, I don't know. Unless, I, unless you have had sex with like five people. that week, which I know people do shit like that. And in which case, you'd be like, let's quickly. Yeah. He'd be like, okay, there was her and her. Oh, I gotta look at the list, dude. I heard a, I heard a, <laughs> I heard a crazy story. Um, and I'm not even gonna like draw any connections to where I heard this, but I heard a story about a very, very prominent Olympian, one of the greats, who in the Olympic well, Village, you, you just drew a pretty good, a pretty good. Yeah, that's fine. I can live with that. Okay, okay. I can live with that. One of the greats who in the Olympic Village was <laughs> just. They're all, we all know that it's a, an absolute, you know, writhing orgy of beautiful people. But he was in the Olympic Village, and I think he slept with like eight, you know, Slovenian pole vaulters in seven nights. And he and his buddy on the team, because they would is have... That a, is that real? The Slovenian pole vaulter? Well, it was team? like a Slovenian pole vaulter, and then... A, it was all the Slovenes? And then, you know, and then a Kazakh jujitsu specialist, okay, so, okay. and then a friggin... You know, whatever. Got it. Got it. Um, and then, and 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 that this was at the time when Sports Illustrated was at its peak. So Sports Illustrated was throwing parties a lot of the nights, and the parties they what they did was they there was like a, I guess a parking lot nearby or something, and they went. He and his buddy went and broke a street lamp 
in that parking lot to create a corner of darkness in which they could take. Oh, nice. That the girls would come with them to just have sex out on the street. Jeez. Like taking chicks to the squash courts, right, dude? <laughs> Pointing to Conrad over Is that there. a thing? I think in boarding school it's a thing. I don't know if you went to boarding school. I just I just made that up. <laughs> the squash courts? Yeah, he said that is Yeah, taking the chicks to the squash courts, dude. Goodness me. It's the move, apparently. That's what I've heard. Goodness. Sick. All right, wait, so keep going. Well, that was the whole story. Yeah. But, dude, yeah, it's a thing, bro. You know, those athletes? Yeah. You've been training for four years while you're also a mailman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. most of those people are doing sports that don't, and they're training like monsters. I know. And fucking literally delivering, you know, chicken. Delivering chicken. Chicken's here. <laughs> Delivering chicken. You got your chicken. And training at the same time. <laughs> uh, and it's pretty impressive. So I get why there's a bunch of... And then you just have that one chance. It's so yeah, fucking know, dude. crazy, dude. I know. That's like really... It's like scary. The idea of doing is. that is terrifying. It is. And it's where you realize that people who get way more opportunities... Because they do, they have a lot of events, swimmers, things like mm. that. You feel like, well, in a way, maybe the pressure is a little bit less for them because right. they blow their start on the 200 meter fly. There's, you know, you got the 100 meter backstroke the next Individual day. Individual medley, yeah. all the like, yeah. The relays, so things so like true. that. But um, then again, there's a lot of swimmers who only swim one or two events. I like the amateur. Like, I didn't realize as a kid that the dream team was, like, different because it was professionals and that you couldn't do that before. I just mm -hmm. thought that every team had professionals on it. So, like, I just thought every team was the dream team. I'm like, why is this the dream team? Right. As opposed to other teams. I, I turned on I turned on the, <laughs> the Bulls documentary again recently. Oh, yeah. My MJ? I hadn't watched it since COVID, and so I, I just revisited an episode. And the episode about the dream team is fascinating where <laughs> Jordan and Pippen singled out tony kukoc on the latvian <laughs> yugoslavia or the yugoslavian national team and he was a young kid that jerry the the you know gm of the bulls that they hated mm -hmm. had spoken highly of and they hated that gm so much that uh pippen and jordan said to the rest of the team leave him to us and they basically just hounded him. And he's interviewed after. And at this point, yeah. he's he had gone on to and win. he ended up playing, playing on the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah. yeah. And, and he's sitting there, you know, in his chair. And he's like, I never really understood why they hated me so much. You know, and he's like, he's like <laughs> yeah. a kid. And he's like, it was, I was not really prepared for them to be playing clamp down defense. <laughs> he was like 19. Yeah, he's like 19. He went, he went like 0 for 19. Yeah. In the, the second game, game he, was, he had a second good game, game right? he played fine in the championship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he came back and, and then they were like, oh, they we respected, kind of respected him. him. Yeah, yeah. But just like that level of petty uh, competitiveness to be like, fuck this guy. Yeah. We're going to ruin his international <laughs> debut. <laughs> We're going to haunt him. And he's just this young kid out there being like, well, I get to play against my heroes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, literally. Not that fun. Dude, Not that fun. That, and he was like one of the first guys of that, like bring foreign guys to play in the NBA. I think that's right. He was like one of the, he was the beginning of that. Right. Um, but they made the point too. They made the point too that, um, 
you know, you had uh, those guys from Yugoslavia. That was all during the the war in Kosovo and uh, the you know the, the ethnic cleansing of Serbs and Croats and all of that, and uh, that those guys were hardened hmm. in a way ba- on a right. basketball court where you know it it just meant a different thing to them. They were tougher. Yeah, but that that was that was before that though. But you mean like the wasn't that the ninety two. I think 1996 was the war, right? Or 1994? I forget. You're right. It was the Clinton. But still, there's that. There's that. Maybe the best 30 for 30 of all time. Once we're brothers, or whatever it's oh, called. Oh, the Divots. Vladi Divots, Drazen Petrovic, yeah, and whoever else. There was a whole group of them. Yeah, but started in '98. Okay. What? The Kosovo War? What are you talking about? There must have been turmoil in Yugoslavia prior to that. Probably, maybe, yeah, not yeah. at all. But the Balkans War, or whatever it's called, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whatever, Sarajevo. Interesting. Um, well, dude, I have decided that I really would like to start doing meaningful rituals in nature. Really? Yeah. What? I've really been enjoying my plants and talking to them, and it's really positively affecting them, dude. I bought the moisture meter. Shout out. Somebody DM me recommending that for the plant boy. <laughs> yes. It's been great. Yep. Uh, I saw been... that pic. That was pretty good. Fed. Fed. I've been monitoring his sunlight. I'm surprised you didn't go with quenched. Oh, quenched is good. Do you quenched feed a plant water? I don't know. How do you feed? What, what, well, there's plant food. Uh, but what about the water? How would you say? Uh, I've distributed. I gave I gave it a drink. <laughs> I I watered the plant. I watered the plant. I watered the plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I fe- fed I'm enjoying. Okay. You so... can look, I, I'm not going to tell you not to go with fed. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. But it's is he, but he's the plant boy, so feeding him, you see what I'm saying? Well, if it were the plant girl, would it not? You wouldn't. Have, you don't feed a You'd girl. You feed a girl and a boy, but he happens to be a boy, and we feed him. Uh-huh. If it was a girl, we would feed her. If we were not gendered, perhaps we would be watering it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> if it were not any gender, is is there a gender that's no gender? I'm not a gender. Non. Yeah. No. Gen- I, Non-binary I, isn't that a gender? Yeah. Uh, Non, I think you say non-gender specific, but it's not that it's non-gender specific. It's a plant. A gender. A gender. The plant is a gender. Which one? A gender. A, a, no, I know a, which one. But that's a word. I know. I'm. That I'm was, doing. I'm trying to do the who's on first. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I know what you're doing. <laughs> the plant. Yes. Uh, but anyway, dude, I think it would be nice to start doing meaningful rituals in nature. You sit there. You set up a little thing. You feel the wind. You sit there and feel the wind blowing as you peacefully think about whatever it is you're doing. Are you talking about with your houseplants in your apartment? Or are you talking about going out into nature and, and trying to take a more meaningful moment? You just gave me a pretty good idea. That's for sure. Yeah, but I think you already do that pretty no, well. Well, but th- I, that would be fun to have a collective uh, you know, hang session with all the plants where we, <laughs> we communicate. <laughs> we talk about what's going on. Yeah, sure. Do I got something on here, Ryan, or are you scratching yourself? I was just scratching. Oh, okay. Something on my shoulder. Um, you, you talk to the plants, see what's up, have like a discussion. Or, but I, what I meant is sort of like, you know, you go into nature, you set up a whole thing, you write down stuff you want to let go of, and you light it on fire and sit there for a half hour or something. Interesting. I bought a book. I bought a book about it, and I read the sort of like prologue or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? The beginning yes. thing? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it was like... It started saying all these things, trying not to offend the readers, and I was sort of that annoyed me a bit. But I still need to read the book. What was the name of that book? Something about 
meaningful rituals in nature, I believe. <laughs> you know that... Uh, <laughs> Found a book with the exact name of what I'm trying to do. Emerson Emerson wrote Walden Pond, which I think is, is first of all, really challenging. But there are some passages in there that I would think you would really love. Yeah? Yeah. Can you can you look up the following passage, Ryan? Just type in um uh I went to the woods. It's something like I went to the woods to see what life would, was all about. Um if you can find that, I'd like to read that passage to Julia. This is one of my favorite passages in all of literature. So this is Ralph oh it's Thoreau, excuse me, who wrote Walden, right? I always get those two confused. Okay, this is Thoreau from Walden when he... You know the story about Walden? No. Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, went to live off the grid at Walden Pond and lived Where in a shack. Uh, I think it's in Massachusetts. Um, but I could That's be wrong I was about that. Guess, but I thought I was going to be wrong. And it is in Massachusetts. It's in Massachusetts. And he basically was living off the grid and living in wilderness and had really quieted life down. But the government came after him for taxes. And that was sort of a big, a big mm. part of it. But here's what he writes. I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately, to front only the essential facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not, when I came to die, discover that I had not lived. I did not wish to live what was not life. Living is so dear. Nor did I wish to practice resignation unless it was quite necessary. I wanted to live deep and suck out all the marrow of life, mm. to live so sturdily and Spartan-like as to put to rout all that was not life, to cut a broad swath and shave close, to drive life into a corner and reduce it to its lowest terms. That's pretty good. I love that. That's pretty good. That's you. I like you got to get out there. I got to get out there. Cut dude. life down to its simplest terms. I got to do that. Hold your court with your plant boy and girl and friends. <laughs> gather them round. Gather around, friends. <laughs> exactly. They tell you a tale. Yeah. Sir. <laughs> the leaves begin to... Oh, they're excited today. They're, excited. they're good <laughs> yeah. plants, dude. They're good plants. May I recommend something I like to do? I like to go out in nature to maybe an arboretum or oh. Central Park and okay, take some of Earth's... Things like mushrooms and enjoy the nature and become one with them. I like ah, that. And I, I like think that. that you should do that as well, especially nice. when spring is springing soon. A spring yes. is sprung. And you can go to the botanical gardens and view all of the lovely earth's Hear all the sounds. Presence. Sounds nice, Chris. <laughs> that does sound That really does nice. sound nice. That sounds really nice. You know, it's one of those things that people always talk about doing and then they never actually get around to doing it. I'm going, I know. I'm doing it on do Friday. If you Chris like does it. Join. You're doing it? I wish I have, have shows. Mm. Oh no! During the day, I, I know, but like I won't. Be, like I can't have anything else <laughs> on my calendar that day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can't like explore that deeply and then do other things. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, come back as time yeah. goes on. I need like more and more time on the front and back end of an experiences like that, which mm -hmm. is what makes me less likely to do them as time mm. goes on. Which is a bummer. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. I'd like to still be participating in that. Mm -hmm. So. Guys, exciting news. We've been working on some merch It's uh, coming down the pipeline. We're going to start off with some basics. Pipe it up. Um, Pipe it up. Ryan was heavily involved in the design, and uh, shout out to the people here who do the merch, too. It's coming down the pipeline. Yeah. And I'll never forget, dude, our first foray into merch, I was running back and forth to 
the post office and physically mailing things to people, which was just like crazy. And they've done that. And I felt like sort of a struggling small business owner, to be honest, in that Mm -hmm. moment while we were Mm -hmm. doing that. And it made me realize that how great of a, an asset ship station would have been if I had known about it at the time. Mm-hmm. When it comes to saving money as a small business owner, literally every little thing can make such a big difference. Uh, and ShipStation gives you access to discounts of up to, catch this, 84%. Now, 84%, Off guys. of USPS and UPS rates, you can manage every order from one simple to, uh, one simple to use dashboard. Uh, when you lower your shipping costs and make returns easy, your customers stay happy. You save money. It ain't rocket science. Not rocket science. It's not. Uh, ShipStation effortlessly integrates everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. You can manage every order from one simple dashboard. Like I said, automate automate routine shipping tasks, print shipping labels, easily compare rates, and delivery times to optimize every shipment. Automate delivery notifications. Mm. Francis. Mm -hmm. Francis. Uh, Worry less about the bottom line when you save money with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code OOPS today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Try it. That's ShipStation.com, code OOPS. Um, dude, so I have a new fun incentive program for Hill Dog. Okay. Would you like to hear about it? I would, sure. Absolutely. So she likes. she really likes getting foot massages. Okay. And from you or from professionals? Both. Okay. I have pretty strong hands. I can get in there. You yeah. know what I mean? But if... <laughs> yeah, I hear you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, but like, in order for me to do it properly, it's very taxing physically. Like, It requires just a lot of strength. And I start, I feel it my whole, I feel it in my whole body if I'm to do it properly. Holy shit. I really get in there. I'm using my entire arm. Sounds like she's got a very high tolerance for pain. Dude, she does. And when she experiences the pain, she's just going, ah. (laughs) (laughs) She laughs. Ah. (laughs) Dude, it's crazy. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Are you okay? She loves the pain. Oh my goodness. She loves the pain. Oh my Uh, goodness. I know. So like I I get her. I really squeeze hard on this right here. Anyway, so. I'm I'm reluctant to give them to her because I know how much it requires. So if we're just sitting on the couch and she has her feet on me and she's wiggling her toes, I know I know what she wants. Mm. Uh, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not willing to do it all the time. So what I've done is I've begun to procure her with good boy tokens. Anytime she does something nice, <laughs> does something well, and she's able to redeem them as ever she sees fit. Uh-huh. And usually they'll be for a foot massage. <laughs> So uh, she'll occasionally pull one of the tokens out, and I got to do it. There's nothing I can do. All right, so give us an example of w- how she would earn a good boy token. <laughs> you know, sometimes the one-person committee is just in an extremely good mood, uh-huh. and they'll give her, you know, a free play token. A free play token. Or, you know, if she, were, if she like, has a really hard day, uh, okay. or as, like, a little surprise that goes along with another surprise. So if I bring her a coffee in the morning, she's not expecting it. Maybe I'd slide a good boy token. Now, do you have a physical thing to give her? Physical tokens. Oh, what are? How, where, where'd you get those? Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> what do they say? They're just generic tokens. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They don't say anything. And and how many does she have? Has she stockpiled a lot? So she only. <laughs> so the pro. This became the problem. She would say that she'd redeem the token, but then she wouldn't go physically get the token. I'd be like, this is against the point. Of this. Yeah, she. And needs then she'd to- be annoyed, and she'd go get it, and I, I. 
personally am into the ritual, I guess, yeah, of, course. of the exchange of the hard currency mm-hmm. in order for the favor that is to be performed. Right. Um, so uh, I would like her to play along a bit more if she wants to get the full treatment because I want, it ain't happening unless she has the, the certificate. Yeah, yeah. You've created a system of, ex- of a transaction, and if she's not holding up her end of the bargain, then it, the whole thing loses structure. Hundred percent, dude. And that's when a, the value of a good boy token <laughs> ceases to have meaning, and that's where we end up with hyperinflation of good boy, <laughs> runaway good boy. Everybody's got good boys. They're raining good boys. Yeah. Wow, you know what you used to be able to get with a good boy? <laughs> now you got to have five hundred good boys for one foot rub. <laughs> Soon she'll be buying the tokens herself on Amazon. <laughs> Ah, I remember back in my day, you could get a comic book for one good boy. <laughs> cost of a comic book. Good boy hyperinflation. Yeah. Dude, that is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. <laughs> that was a really sad part, by the way, of that Last of Us episode, when he's talking about how much something is worth, and he's like, well, it was worth. I haven't I haven't really. You watched that episode. I oh, really? It was in the Love Story episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. But anyway, like he's talking about how much some like piano or something is worth. Mm-hmm. or something or a bottle of wine and to see him be like well it's worth it, and then see him be like well it was worth it. and i'm like damn dude yeah that must really suck mm-hmm. even too soon still bro even with covid i get that that's like a significantly worse version of a pandemic right if you even want to call it that i don't know it's like a fungal <laughs> whatever right. fungal apocalypse yeah yeah you know what's crazy did we talk about this already that what happens in that show actually happens with insects I've heard that. Yeah, like ants will grow, start growing shit out of their head and acting crazy. It takes over their brains. Yeah, yeah and it, and they run north to get as high as they can because the fungus likes sun. It, it tricks their brain into going into the... It's like, oh. fucked up, dude. That is cool. But not uh, improbable with humans, they said. Although they said that global warming may make new fungal infections. Mm. Airborne uh, fungal infections appear. So, wow! Be careful out there, everyone. Well, we're, you know, what do you think is gonna get us in the end, dude? That's the thing that's so funny. Like, it could be a bus, dude. That gets you. I, I think you I mean. mean us, I us? think the mean the human race. What's uh, what's gonna get us? And I wonder. Maybe probably like some sort of uh, climate change situation. Yeah. Although we probably will be able to figure out a way to survive during it. Like, I, and I don't mean climate change, like, conventionally speaking. I just mean, like, as time goes on, if there's another ice age or something. You know what I mean? Well, I don't understand the whole asteroid thing. Uh, because people are always talking about, oh, well, ooh, a giant chunk of this thing just passed within 14 yards of Minneapolis. Uh, <laughs> the closest one we've had in 14,000 yeah, yeah. years. And it's like, okay... Why did you say that? What's the point? And and if that's true, how are we all able to continue living and forgetting about those? Yeah, I don't know. I always am kind of like, all right, hopefully by the time that actually becomes a problem, we'll just have some reason to fucking blast out of blast it into smithereens or whatever. I guess I don't know. I don't know what the reality is. Yeah, of... we we probably don't know enough about this. Like, I'm not saying I, I know that I don't, because I like I I bet that there's like solid stuff written that would make us feel better about this conversation. 
I hope. I suspect. It just seems random. That? I mean. What's on your worry list right now? I feel like Russia has lowered on the list yeah. of worry, which I one thing that I said that has aged well with my predictions of world trauma. I incorrectly, Conrad said that COVID wasn't going to be a big deal <laughs> <laughs> in February 2020. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had a couple bat- uh, swings and misses. I think that um, I think that uh, dramatic climate events worry me in a big way. What about AI? Um, that one doesn't worry me as much. What doesn't I- worry you about it? I'm not worried. I'm just curious. I want to hear you. I just think that um, I don't. Maybe it's just ignorance is probably why I'm not worried about it. I, I'm not really aware of what the existential threat of artificial intelligence is. Right. With that said, when you have the brightest minds in technology collectively warning us about this, uh, that's troubling. Yeah, that's troubling. So why then, okay, so then why, if they're doing that, because they are doing that, and when I hear them saying stuff like that, it's not my favorite. I'm like, okay, well, should we just not do it then? You guys are the ones. It's you you guys. Don't warn me. What am I supposed to do? Pick up my MacBook? Yeah, exactly. And be like, goodbye, AI. Right, but then they're the same companies making the AI. Exactly. So I don't understand. If you are afraid, why are you still doing it? Maybe they're trying to tell people, don't use chat GPT or whatever the hell it is. Mm. I think Microsoft has its own. Yeah. My, I guess, I guess the threat is that artificial intelligence will be able to create false realities that are imperceptible from from the truth. Like Ex Machina. That yeah. movie's fucking great. And and, and 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 you know, create a a video of us, you know, banging some chick somewhere, and our wives will see it. And be like, what the hell? And you're uh, like, dude, that wasn't me. And they're like, it, it's exactly literally you. It's you. Where you wearing? That's that. That's the shirt I gave you. Those are. What are you? What are you talking about? And and you know, here's Google Maps, and you're somehow there's a pin right, right. dropping you at that moment they can just in that sabotage time. Sabotage us all. Yeah. Um. Interesting. I always. This is like a thing that I. Some people have said over time that always makes me laugh. Kind of like, can we just like unplug them? <laughs> I know, and I'm like, I don't. Do, like, maybe they'll get to a point where they're the ones in control of that. Or I don't something. think that they're. I don't think it's as simple as that. Yeah, Terminators, Terminator, and Terminator Two are pretty awesome movies. If, sure. As far as this topic is concerned, sure are. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Well. Uh. Okay. Let's hit an email. Let's hit it hard. Oh, an email. An email Let's could hit an be email. fun. Let's hit it extremely hard. Speaking of technology, let's see what you guys got to see. Speaking of technology, the old email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now you're talking. Um, all right, here we go. Got a couple of good ones here. First one is called Significant Other's Phone Number. Serious question, and of course, love you both, listener uh, from episode Uno. Do you have Sierra and Hillary's phone numbers memorized? Sure do. I have mine memorized as well to answer that. She said, my husband of five years and I were checking out at the grocery store tonight, and they asked for the phone number on our rewards card. Since I was bagging, I told my husband it's his cell. He looked up at me like a deer in headlights. Uh, it was clear he didn't know my phone number. I am baffled. Uh, who is wrong here in this age of technology? We are 35 and 37. I cannot believe he doesn't know my phone number. How? And then she, she continues. How many numbers do you have memorized? Whose numbers should you know by heart? Uh, I have 
my wife's phone number memorized absolutely there are plenty of occasions where I, my phone might be dead or i could see you know for some reason needing to borrow a phone something to let her know and so i have that committed to memory i also have inputted her flight information so many times that not only do i have her phone number memorized <laughs> i'm pretty sure i have her known traveler number memorized obviously i have her date of birth and uh yeah there's a lot of intel that i have about her <laughs> that's good that's good as far as other phone numbers i have both my parents my sister uh and then a number of girls that i used to like when i was in seventh grade you still have it in your head oh yeah wow that's impressive. I could rattle off at least four, probably four phone numbers from girls that I liked when I was in middle school. Wow. Wow. Home That's phone impressive. numbers. Hey, Mr. Atwood, is, uh, is Abby there? <laughs> we don't typically like people calling after 9 p.m. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. 9 p.m. All right. All right, dude. <laughs> Figured she'd still be doing homework. That's what I'm calling about. <laughs> um, I have my... Parents' cell phone numbers memorized. I don't even know their new... They have a new home number. I don't know it. I know my old home number. I know Hill Dog's number. Um, and and Brent. He just has a very memorable number. Ah. Uh, I think that's probably it. That's cool. Um, dude, this is a good one. I think I've maybe said this or some version of this. But when you're like asking for your girl's flight info, like I guess you know her known traveler number, so... Uh, you can't really pull this off as well. But what's your known traveler number? She'll be like, okay. She tells me I'm ready. Okay. I go, okay. And birthday, four twelve ninety. And look at her, and she's like, honey. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> very cute. Um, but yeah, that was a very good thought. Thank you uh, for that. Did you guys do the voicemail answering machines for your households growing up? Uh, yeah. Sometimes. The greeting. What was it? Um, I think it was like you've reached the Galleratis. I don't know. I actually don't remember. Did you, I bet Ryan did something cute? Did Why? Yeah. What about you though? I don't know that. Uh, I don't know that I did. I don't think we did. I think my parents had had it. Hmm. What did you have? Well, first of all, I just want to say I wasn't bringing it up so that I could say what we did. I was <laughs> genuinely curious. That's the way that we shoehorn. That's no, how no, we shoehorn. It was hi. You reached the Lynch residence. We did residence. Please leave your name, number, phone. Please leave your name and phone number, and we'll be happy to get back to you as soon as we can. Have a nice day. Instead, like that. <laughs> oh my goodness! Very, very sweet. Now Ryan. you've got siblings, Ryan. Would the three of you compete for who could? <laughs> we did it together. Oh, you did it all three of you. All three of you us. You said it at the same time in unison. Whoa. Yeah, because we practiced. It was it was pretty simple, and it's uh, a lot of words to say without. We did a bunch. Maintaining the same pace, all of you. Yeah, it was fun. And oh. then whenever we answered the phone uh, at home, we'd say Lynch residence. Good God! <laughs> but that's just all I knew. I that only just said it like, like you that. work there. Good Lynch God! Residence. Lynch residence. How may I connect you? Oh. That's good though, dude. I like that. Yeah. No, I'm Chris, kidding. You? That's nice. No, I didn't. Mm. My mom did it. I remember mm. one kid. Uh, this guy Supo, Jeff Supo, pal from high school. Uh, his family had. Believe it or not, Jeff <laughs> isn't at home. <laughs> Please leave that's a message. From, that's Seinfeld. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. That was pretty George good. George did that. Dude, I had a pretty good cell phone greeting for a while. You know the com- comedian Ian Lara? Yeah. I had Ian Lara do my greeting, and he just says, hey, this is Julio, but it's Ian Lara. So it's funny because it got me into some interesting problems, too, because he, you know, Ian is Dominican, anyway, he, and he, he kind of talks like this, 
Here's what's up. Like, this is Julio's phone. Uh, please leave a message. I'm not here right now. Whatever, right? Yeah. So one time, this girl who I was like talking to on a dating app was like, I just called and tried to leave a voicemail. It's really offensive that you talk in that voice on your voicemail. Oh, God. I was like, I didn't. It's somebody else. And then I'm like, oh, that's annoying. Then one time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> then I, dude, I, somebody leaves a voicemail for me. They were dropping something off where I, where I lived. And the guy couldn't find my address. And he calls the phone. He goes, I can't find his fucking address. Your boss is going to be really pissed off. And then I call and I'm like, hello. And he goes, oh, hey, sir. And I was like, damn, dude, that is like, oh, that's fucked up. That he that's just, like racism. Oh, my God. He was racist to my voicemail thinking it was like my my assistant or something. Yeah, and geez. then when I, I know. It's fucked up, right? Jeez, so anyway, geez. I was like, this is getting too toxic. I deleted mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I deleted the greeting. It was funny <laughs> for a while, but then it got to a time where it was no longer. It was too polarizing. It's funny you mentioned Ian was in here yesterday. Really? Yeah. We should have him on. Yeah, he's a good guy. I like he's Ian a, good a lot. Guy. Um, uh, I had no idea he was a Spanish, like a native Spanish speaker. I wouldn't have known that. Literally either. until, I've known the guy 10 years. Maybe last year I figured it out for the first time. Wow. When I saw him doing an interview in Spanish, I was like, what the fuck? Wow. You've had this the whole time? That's cool. Yeah. What a skill to be fluent in Spanish. Oh, dude. This Okay, this brings up something good. Not going to get you into a table at the Yale Club, but... Uh, <laughs> well, it might these days. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's um, it. The, so I... Dude, sometimes when I see people trying their Spanish out in public, it's like the most cringe fucking thing of all time. I saw this outside of my local coffee shop the other day. You know how they build that like outdoor foyer to prevent the wind from coming in in the winter? Yeah, the... Um, What's that called? Vestibule? Vestibule, vestibule the little cha- antechamber, yeah. Yeah, so I, there's a man dismantling it mm. with power tools. He was clearly employed. Cool, I like that. And the classic guy who would try his Spanish out shows up and meant, says something. And yeah. for some reason, the type of guy who would try his Spanish out Typically talks very loud and uh, like thinks thinks he's always in like a good mood. Too, mm-hmm. sorry. So talks loud in a good mood. He shows up. He sees the guy taking down the vestibule. He goes, oh, man, I guess springs in the air, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy turns around and goes, hey, Spanish, Spanish. And the guy goes, I just see his eyes light up. <laughs> and he starts going, primavera. <laughs> primavera. Aquí. Inverno, and he starts gesturing to the past because he can't say past. Inverno, and he's doing this wave motion, dude. It was so embarrassing. And then he just starts going, see, 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 yeah, see, yeah, see. Yeah. Dude, bad. I like the idea that this is a guy who, because that guy who told him Spanish, Spanish, is doing that so that the guy will leave him alone. <laughs> And yet that other guy is thinking, oh, you, this is an invitation to, to train. Let me dust off my Espanol. But dude, it's funny. This story is funny because I was in Austin and did I tell you this? No. There, I was in a hotel and uh, I got a knock on the door probably 10, 30, 11 a.m. And I was staying for another night, so I didn't have to be out of the room or anything. And it was the housekeeping. And I went and opened the door, and I said, oh, uh, I'm leaving. Can you come back in five minutes? And she goes, uh, Espanola. And I said, oh, 
cinco minuto? She goes, oh, sure, yeah, yeah. And it's like, all right, if I can come to cinco minuto, you can probably come to five minutes. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? Like, if you if you get cinco minuto, then five minutes, I would think her English is better than my Spanish. Right, right. That's a fair thing to assume. And it, but maybe she's like fresh. Maybe she just got here or something. Either way, I hadn't said anything, you know, super complicated. Mm-hmm. Is this racist? No. <laughs> no, no I'm not, not saying like learn not, English in our not. country. It's no, like yeah. it's like if I was able to know Cinco Minuto, then there's a pretty good chance that you know five minutes. Right, right. Right? I hear you. I don't think that that's controversial. How did I unlock her understanding? With five minutes, when, excuse me, with single minuto, when five minutes was just like, I, I have no idea no, what you're no, saying. No. I'm so sorry. I'm baffled. <laughs> There's no way that I can possibly get get this. Uh-huh. And then I was like, single minuto. And she's like, oh, why didn't you start with that? You <laughs> know what I mean? It would be funny if she actually said, why didn't you start yeah, with like, that? Yeah, <laughs> like, what, what do you, well, why, if you could have said that all along, I mean, come on. <laughs> Dude, randomly, Donnie is like fluent in Spanish. I don't know if you've watched any of his. Is that right? Any of his Santo Domingo videos. Donnie is like able to access many different conversational phrases on the spot to talk to people in Spanish. I was extremely impressed. That's cool. Uh, I always wished that I'd learned Spanish, but. You know, dude. Sure didn't. It's funny. Yeah. Like the, that's why I like going to places where you are rewarded for learning some of the language Mm -hmm. instead of scoffed at for knowing a lot of it. Right. You know, if you like are trying Spanish or French in places and you're not that good at it, they will answer in English passive aggressively or sometimes literally roll their fucking eyes in your face wow. or rob you, dude. If you're in fucking, well, I you guess, know, I guess anything South America happen, or whatever. Yeah. Could so be anything. you go to Russia, bro. You learn five words. You're the man. Really? You're you're the king of Russia. They they open their hearts to you yeah. and their doors. Wow. It's pretty wild. That's cool. Anyway. That's Oops sort of the that's sort of the whole uh, thesis behind Bert Kreischer's machine story. I don't know it. You don't know the machine story? Mm-hmm. It's the bit that made Bert Kreischer. Really? They just made a movie about yeah, it. Yeah, they just made a movie wow. called The Machine. I gotta watch it. Um, that original bit went mega viral, and it's a long story and bit, and it's incredible. Really? Um, Check it out. Oops, the podcast. I'm going to be uh, uh, Facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. You rich, the lynch president. (laughs) Please tell us your facts. That's good. That's very good. uh, Johns Hopkins does not offer athletic scholarships for football players. They do for lacrosse. You know that? That's probably because they're D3 and everything other than Right. That's what I thought. That's Mm, what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Napster launched on June 1st, 1999. Mm. Morgan Freeman, Marilyn Monroe, and Tom Holland were born on June 1st. The average <laughs> piano is worth... Wait a second. Where did that come from? Yeah, why is that a Because that's the same day that Napster came out. Ah, okay, okay. But okay. In <laughs> I love right. the idea of completely random facts with Ryan. <laughs> I wasn't smart enough to make the connection. I wouldn't have gotten that either. Yeah. <laughs> the average piano is worth $4,750. Wow. Christ. And then uh, <laughs> an article from the Jerusalem Post yesterday said that an asteroid the size of 787 matzahs is set to pass over earth on passover 
Oh wow! Which wow. the day we're recording is how far? Positive. Do you know how far away these things are? What's the close? See if you can find the closest asteroid to Earth over the last I don't know hundred years or something. Closest one <laughs> for Minneapolis. <laughs> just yeah, just so people feeling the wind in their hair. It's interesting. They also are anticipating ones in the future. Um, this tell, is tough. Tell you what, don't as far as a search engine, Ryan is not the quickest. Need AI. <laughs> these these facts are are dug deep. Let me pull up chat. I don't. I'm not part of this. They're unearthing on Ryan. Ryan. I think this you do a good job. There, I don't. January twenty sixth, an asteroid came about two thousand two hundred miles um, above the Earth's surface and passed over. Dude, that's not that's far. not far. That's, that's closer. Not that's far. like which here to Wichita, dude. Yeah, that's nothing. To nothing. Yep. That's what worries me. <laughs> Beware, dude. Okay. Add another thing onto the list. Okay. Well, that's Oops the Podcast. Julia, where can we find you performing live comedy? April 14th and 15th. Please come see me in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm really excited about those shows. Um, April 18th, Helium, Philadelphia. Get those tickets because I don't think that many of them will last uh, when showtime is upon us. Uh, free show, Middletown, Connecticut, April 21st. Uh, Harbor Park, and then 28th, 29th of April, Yonkers Comedy Club in Yonkers. Yeah, guys, go to that free show because uh, the mayor said that if Julio gets enough people out, he'll award him with a key to the city. <laughs> <laughs> that would be sick. And the next time they, they repave the steps to the local library, Julio gets to put his hand impression <laughs> down there and then cut the ribbon with the largest pair of scissors you've ever fucking seen. <laughs> yeah. Where do they get this? May this be a place of learning for all <laughs> for generations to come. In this good town of Middletown. Middletown, Middletown. Guys, I will be in Dallas this weekend. Dallas Plano at the House of Comedy. Then we are on to San Francisco with Little Sasquatch at Cobbs. Very few tickets left for that, by the way. Um and by the way, we've canceled the Buffalo weekend. We're gonna move that to the fall. Sorry about that, everybody. We had a little bit of a scheduling issue. So the Buffalo weekend, we're rescheduling after the fall. I will be back, I promise. Uh, and finally, we're in West Virginia at the Charlestown Races Casino, the Hollywood Casino, on May 12th. Close out the first leg of the tour. Plenty more dates coming up in the fall. FrancisEllis.com for tickets. That's Oops the Podcast. Presented by Hangobi. Thank you guys so much.